NBA Australia, how are you going? Hang on. It is NBA Australia. It's Wednesday, April 20, all day. Hump deep. And I'm your host, James Clements. No, really, I am. I'm a writer sometimes. Oomstemma wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff here in Larry Armour Studios. In a hoodie again. Bloody cold, bro. Wet and miserable Melbourne. At least it's not raining. Anyway, we're here giving you the lowdown, all the ins and outs of the NBA playoffs and uh, repping Australia a bit. That's what we do. Tell you what, playoffs are awesome. They really are. Game twos today. We had three of them. Jimmy Butler's all about that life. Devin Booker ruined the Pelicans, fist bumped a baby, and then got hurt. And the Pelicans, they beat him. It's all going on. We've got a Ben Simmons update. We've got a Luca update. We've got all the playoff games covered in the NBA Australia game wraps. We've got That's Not a Knife. Oh, mate, no, mate. Spud of the Night. Better than Lonzo Ball. We've got Yeah, Nas. We've got the Unpopular Opinion of the Day. We've got Outback Takehouse. Where we're serving up a flame grill take. Uh, there's a very brief Australian player watch because no Aussies played today, but we do have a great moment in NBA Australia stat history, which is Paddy Mills's very first playoff game. Wicked. And uh, we'll preview and pick all the games for tomorrow. Then I've got to bounce because I've got to uh, go run to this Josh Giddy thing. So let's get into it. Episode 799 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Oh, you better, especially if you are just some honesty. Uh, Enjoy this. He talked about uh, the big fella. Just because things you make it seem like you're perfect, you're not perfect. Big mistake in the pen relationship. Big mistake in the core relationship. Horrible mistake in both marriages. Uh... Shaq really just sort of coming out and uh, talking about how, you know, he uh, takes all the blame for his divorces and all the sort of screw-ups in his basketball career and stuff. It's really good. So go check it out. Um, fascinating. Fascinating. Chat with Shaq. Chat with Shaq. There you go. Use your words, Jimmy. Uh, on the Pivot podcast. That's the one with uh, Ryan Clark and a bunch of dudes. So... Go check it. It's really good. Really fun. Right. Let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with the daily whip around. As mentioned, news. Luca, there's a bit of optimism that Luca will be back for either game three or four against the Yaz. It's not much of an update, but that's what you get from Shams. I'm going to do some broad strikes, but no real specifics. So I get cold on it. Good job. Uh, but look, the car strain looked like he was moving around. If I'm the Mavs. I want him back as soon as possible because if you can get game three in Utah, that's going to ruin him. It really is. It really is. Getting back in there quick, smart, unless you think you can maybe hold the fort for one more game with Bronson and Spencer uh, in the backcourt there for the Mavericks. But either way, good times. Here's hoping that Luka comes back soon. Kyrie, for all of his antics in Boston the other day, flipping off fans, telling him to suck his dick. Etc. You know, got fined $50,000, <laughs> as you do. Uh, David Stern would have had him kicked out of the league, but that's the world we live in now. Uh, the flipping off of the people uh, seem to get... I love... Americans are hilarious. Like, hey, he gave me the finger! We should get him! <laughs> it's fucking crazy. It's like, I don't know if you ever saw this with American TV, how they'd always blur out somebody giving someone the middle finger. It's like, 
What? <laughs> it's the most innocuous bullshit ever. Ah, oh, God. Anyway. Uh, so, Kyrie, $50,000. Lighter. It's going to be fascinating to see that second game. Cannot wait. That's tomorrow. Ben Simmons. Uh, he's been cleared for contact as Big Simo, a.k.a. Box Hill Benny, a.k.a. Benny the Bricky. Heard he's back carrying all those bricks. Anyway, uh... He's basically been doing a bit of four-on-four scrimmaging, which is neat. I did enjoy Steve Nash going, yeah, man, we don't actually have 10 players to do five-on-five, so he's only probably going to do four-on-four anyway, so it's all good. Um, So, yeah, a bit of contact. Off he goes. He's been cleared. Uh, We'll see how he bounces back. But it does feel like, yeah, he could be back. He's obviously ruled out for, uh, you know, game two. But uh, feels like he could... uh, Get back out there and uh, be out there in this series, which is crazy and would be pretty needed if you're the Nets. And last bit of news, Jerry West, the logo, is demanded a retraction and an apology for what he has called a baseless and malicious assault on his character in the uh, Winning Time series over there on HBO. Uh, I've been watching it. I delight in it because it's something that uh, Old Mate can watch. And she sits there with me going, did that really happen? And I'm like, well, look, Broad strokes. Broad strokes. And Jerry West is like, that's too many fucking strokes. You're making me look like a fucking psycho. And uh, he's called time on that. He's like, winning time. How about fucking pay me some money time, you pricks? Uh, Basically, Jerry West lawyers are like, yeah, look, it's falsely and cruelly portrays Mr. West as an out-of-control, intoxicated rageaholic. Huh. Sounds like me. (laughs) Uh, bears no resemblance to the real man. Uh, and they asked for a retraction no later than two weeks from receipt of the letter. Got to talk about this in your nails, but yeah, it's a bit on the nose anyway. But what are you going to do? Right, let's do some game refs. Game refs, 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 playoffs. Uh, Miami beat Atlanta 115-105. This was a great game. This was a really fun game because it threatened all the way back, like through the half to be a bit of a, oh shit, Atlanta might have a bit of a boil over here. Because this went pretty much as expected, right? You think about after game one, Miami humiliated Atlanta. Much more physical, much tougher, really on the ball ready. Atlanta, a bit cooked from their play-in tournaments, playing less than 48 hours later. And they fought back Atlanta. They made some adjustments. They found their shot. And they still lost. Like, they started big, small, which uh, I always like because... I mean, against Miami, Bam Adebayo is not exactly like the most imposing center in the world. He's rangy. He's like 6'9", 6'10". can hurt you a little bit on the inside, but not too much. And they start with John Collins. So they move him to the starting lineup instead of Inyeka Okongwu. So they've got Trey Huerta, Gallo, DeAndre Hunter, and that's a tall cocktail, John Collins. And DeAndre Hunter was super aggressive. He was like rangy. Trey Young was like actually taking shots uh, a little bit earlier. He was, like, trying to get the floaters going, I think, in game one and sort of just went, actually, screw this. I'll just stop a little bit earlier. They're going to play for the floater. Going to take a couple of mid-rangers. And their sort of perimeter pressure on D was really, 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 really good and slowed down Miami. For the first half. (laughs) Miami still led despite all that after one. Um, Bam was cooked. He was just in foul trouble all game as well, which is, like, one of those things that playing big, small or small big, as the Hawks were, like, it's pretty handy, right? Like, if you, you can get Bam into foul trouble pretty early. He was looking, he was pressing so hard at times on offense, 
and could get nothing going. And they smashed the Hawks, though, the Heat, after Bam left early in the third uh, with another foul. They smoked a bunch of threes, held the Hawks scoreless for about three minutes in the third quarter, at which point it was like, oh, shit, it's now a double-figure game, and we're Miami, we're going to fucking roll from here. And they did until Bogdan Bogdanovich just fucking got smoking hot. Like, he went absolutely ham in the fourth quarter, the Serbian Dari puncher. He, seriously, he had 19 in the fourth. He was incredible. Like, they ripped off a uh, 12-zip run, I think it was, after being down about 16. And they pulled it all the way back to three at one point. Uh, But the Heat ripped off their own 10-zip run in answer, with Jimmy Butler just being absolutely unconscious. He had his own 7-0 run to put this game out, right? He had a dunk, he had a three, and then he had another dunk all within a minute. And that basically turned it from, oh, shit, Atlanta, my... Oh, no, Miami have got this. They're up 10 with like a minute and a half to go. And they rolled from there. So Miami sort of weathered that storm right at the end. And Atlanta just couldn't make him pay enough. And especially like the transition dunks that Butler got were just fucking immense. Hawks, what are you doing? 19 turnovers also sank him. Uh, Bogdan ends up with 29 with those... 19 in the fourth quarter. He was unreal. Considering the bloke didn't hit a shot in game. Literally, no shots. No shots here. Chop, no shots here. No shots in the first game. Ends up with 29 in the second. Goes 12 of 18 and 5 of 10 from three. Unreal. Trey Young. You might remember him. Little bloke. Looks weird and puby. Funny voice. Uh, 25 points, 7 assists, 10 turnovers. 10! That's a career-high worst he also shot 10 of 20, 2 of 10 from downtown. Look, it's better than his first game where he went 1 of 12. But still, they are just fucking bashing him every time he gets the ball, anytime he's off ball, literally when he's on the court. The Heat are like, fuck you, Trey. <laughs> Bang. DeAndre Hunter had 16. John Collins to talk. They had a good bounce back game. It's going to take him a little while to get up to speed. He had 13 and 10. Gallo was the one today who couldn't hit a shot. He went 0 of 6. Yeesh, he's going to pop up again later. Word up went 3 of 10, 3 of 7 on threes. Dallin Wright was handy off the bench again. 29 minutes, uh, 9 points. Uh, really good defense, but the heat. It was Jimmy Butler's world, and we're just living on it. He literally just went, Atlanta, yeah. Look, you're not about this life. I am. Fuck you. Apparently, PJ Tucker had sat him down going, look, Jimmy, you need to look for your own shot a little bit more, mate. And Jimmy Butler's like, yeah, you know what? I do. 45 points. He went 4 of 7. The bloke who doesn't shoot threes goes 4 of 7 from downtown, 15 to 25 from the floor. Amazing game. Uh, as a team, they went 14 of 36 from downtown, which is pretty good. They actually shot 29 free throws to 14 as well. Trey Young had to talk about that. We'll talk about that later. But Butler had 45, 6 and 5 with a couple of steals. Hero had 15 off the bench. Big Budakalari had 9 points on 2 of 8 shooting, but he was actually good, if that makes sense. The shot wasn't going in, but he was doing everything else that you want Kyle Larry to do. PJ Tucker, he was in foul trouble. He had 3.6 rebounds. Bam, was in foul trouble as well. He only played 24 minutes. He had 9 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. But it was the uh, Miami Mosquito Fleet. Struess, 5 of 10 shooting, 3 of 8 from 3, 14 and 4. Gabe Vincent, 3 of 5 from 3, 11 points, 3 assists. Caleb Martin only had three points, but he was like plus six in his like very limited minutes. A couple of steals and a block as well. Uh, they were huge, especially with Duncan Robinson. I like to have a beer with Duncan. I forgot how to shoot again. Uh, seven minutes, 0 of 0 for Duncan. But either way, Miami didn't it because Jimmy, Jimmy Butler is a fucking just 
Golden God. That is unbelievable. 45, 6, and 5. What a game. And that, I think, so whether that, you saw the stat pop up on the screen, right? D Wade's had seven 40 point playoff games for the Heat, and Butts has now tied LeBron James with three 40 plus point playoff efforts. Unreal. Miami, up two zip, going to Georgia. Minnesota, Memphis. Memphis, keep your shit out of them. 124 96. This started off brutally. Zach Zaba going, hey man, Zach Zaba time. They had two reviews by the time we'd had two fucking buckets. In the first three minutes, God damn it, there were fouls everywhere. Shit. And then it finally settled down. The Wolves are right there until the second quarter where the Grizz, the bench, just stepped up massively at home. Uh, Xavier Tillman was getting big buckets. D'Anthony Melton hit a three. Uh, like, D'Anthony Melton, when he actually hits threes, you're like, this guy's good, and then he won't do it again for, like, weeks. But either way, uh, so he hit a three that put them up 10 in that second quarter. And Carl anthony Towns is in, f- in foul trouble because he's Carl anthony Towns and he's never met a dumb foul that he doesn't fucking love. Oh, is that a playoff foul in a big game where we're one up one zip in the series and I'm really important to my team? No, nah, I better foul. <laughs> what a moron. Uh, Tyus Jones hits a three. Dylan Brooks got him fired up. Jar comes back in. Triple J hits a three. They held the Wolves to 17 points in the second quarter. So Memphis were just absolutely flying. They're up 11 at the half. It probably could have been more, but a couple of uh, just little lapses towards the end of the second quarter, boom, off they go. But this is it. Like, when Memphis are at their best, they play with controlled chaos, and that's what exactly what Ja Morant is, right? Like, he's controlled chaos in a human form. Uh, and you saw it across the second and third quarters where they just fucking took this game away from Minnesota. And Minnesota, look, they just don't have the defensive wherewithal and the sturdiness to do, sort of stand up to something like that at all. Uh, so early in the third, yeah, this insane, like, Triple J block. Then he goes back, hits a three. The next possession, tri- a jar hits a three. Boom. The game was broken wide open right there and there. Suddenly they're up 19, and the Wolves could never get any stops after that uh, to sort of really eat into that total at all. Then you had Pat Bev basically hijacking possessions later in well, the start of the fourth quarter. Go, look, I'm going to get us back into it. And everyone's like, no, Pat, don't. Ah, oh, fuck, he shot it again. Ah, uh, don't do that. Ah, oh, he's turned it over. Ah, oh, fuck, he's thrown it right off the backboard. That's not a layup. Oh, God. Anyway, so that was it for the Wolves. And boom, you have a 28-point loss. <laughs> That's how it goes. 19 turnovers by the Wolves as well. They shot 39% from the floor. Brutal scenes all around. Ant-Man was really, really well covered by the Memphis D. Just some really good adjustments by Taylor Jenkins. Like, this is what playoffs are all about. Adjusting. You saw Atlanta do it. You saw Memphis do it today. Minnesota didn't adjust to Memphis's adjustments, but hopefully that'll come in game three. Ant-Man, 20 and 6, five turnovers. Carl Anthony Towns, 15 and 11, only shot seven times, four or seven from the floor. 0 of 1 from three from the best shooting big man of all time, according to him. Uh, 5,005 turnovers for Cat as well. He was just, he basically played himself out of the game, which is chaos. D-Lo! <sighs> Fucking love D'Angelo Russell because I hate him so much. So when he goes for 11 points, 4 assists, and a minus 26, but then you realize what he's gone and done. Oh, shit! Because he shot 3-11. Thanks, D-Lo. Uh, 12s each for uh, Naz Reed and Torian the Red Bull Prince, who were very handy off the bench. Pat Bev, ugh, 1-6. He was just cooked. 
Uh, Beasley as well. It's like the classic Malik Beasley. Hey, I was good last game. Uh, Malik, are you here today? No. <laughs> Seven points in 22 minutes. Brutal. Meanwhile, the Grizz only had nine turnovers. Look, when you've got 10 less turnovers than the other team, you're pretty You're pretty good. Jar, 23, 9, and 10. Awesome game. His hustle informs everything they do. Like He can sense a moment where he's like, look, if we get this fucking rebound and score again, we're going to win this game. And across the second and third quarters, you just saw the fucking fire in his eyes. He's like, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Just the second and third efforts. It's awesome. Unreal. I love his drive. Anyway, uh, Triple J had 16 and 7. He went 4 of 7 from downtown. Desmond Bain had 16, 4 and 4. Dylan Brooks was pretty handy. Also, what did Dylan Brooks just go and do? He had, well, Jimmy had 9 points and 4 assists. He went 0 of 5 from downtown, but that was all part of... He shot 3.11. Love it. <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> Dylan Brooks and D'Lo, two of the most like likely dudes you like. Yeah, they're probably going to shoot 3.11 today. <laughs> Brandon Clark had 13, 3, 2, and 2. He was awesome. Xavier Tillman got them some great junk buckets early on. He had 13 points and 7 rebounds. Four of those were offensive rebounds. Xavier Williams had 13. Taz Jones. Taz Jones had 10. He was very handy. He had a big three, as mentioned, that second quarter. And I love slow-mo Kyle Anderson. He only went one of four from the floor, but just he gives them a steadiness with that second unit. Like, he was a plus 24, slow-mo Kyle Anderson. He just sort of did a little bit of everything, and I kind of loved most of it. <laughs> he only shot one of four. As said, only ends up with, like, what, two points, five rebounds and an assist, but goddamn, plus 24. Seriously, absolutely crushed it. Loved it. Good on him. Uh, and that all happened, like, the, what, plus 24 in 18 minutes. Unreal. Right, uh, what else? That's it, 1-1. We're going off to uh, Minnesota to go to Minneapolis, to the Twin Cities. And finally, the big boil over the New Orleans Pelicans beat the Suns. What? Jimmy, you jinxed him. Yeah, literally yesterday, we might have had the Phoenix or... Uh... Oh, actually, no, it was on... Yeah, it was not yesterday. It was Monday's show. Uh, the Suns are not going to lose a game on route to the finals. Well, they've lost one. Literally the next one, after I said that. 125-114. But this is uh, it's a tricky one. Because the Pelicans are right there in the first half, right? 31-point first half from Devin Booker. Goes 7-10 from three. As I said, he's like fist-bumping babies. Hit a logo three just before halftime. It was unreal. Then bang. Goes his hammy. Rut roll. Pelicans rip off a 34-22 third quarter. 14 points from Spindles Ingram, who just went... Oh, yeah, second half. No Devin Booker. Guess what? I'm Kevin Durant. <laughs> Holy shit. And they just flat out outplayed them. Booker hurts his hammy. Uh, off to the locker room. Landry Sham Wow. Shamit comes in. He's like, it's Sham Wow time. But nope. Pelicans went, nah, fuck you. We're hitting everything. They stayed right there with him. I think they're up like, what, seven in the fourth quarter. Boom, though. He knew it was going to happen. The Suns, they rip off the run in the first half of the uh, fourth quarter. They get up. With 7 minutes, 47 seconds left, 98-97. And it felt like the inevitable, but here come the Suns. They're going to win it. Chris Paul, clutch time scoring. And then you remember that Scott Foster is refereeing this game. And the Pelicans are unbelievable at making shots sometimes. Alvarado hits a three. CJ hits another one. Ingram smashing it. And you turned around, and the Suns had just, they never let again in the game. Like, it was over. Pack her up, boys. Ingram... Like, I think they went four, they made four straight threes at one point, the Pelicans, and 
the sons are just like, fucking hell, what can we do? And this was awesome down the stretch because it was incredible shot making from both teams. They're just trading threes. Every time Phoenix like, we're making inroads. Ah, shit. <laughs> Alvarado's hit another three. Spindles hits a three. CJ gets another one. It was just incredible. They're trading layups at one point. And then the Pelicans, though, they had the answer. A couple of big Suns turnovers down the stretch really, really hurt them. And they really missed Booker. I mean, no shit. Like, he's incredible. But they end up losing by 11. They get outscored, what was it, like 69 to... Uh, yeah, 69 to 50. Nice. Uh, 53 in the second half. That is absolutely chaos. And there was really nothing. Like, it's not that Jonas Valanciunas was smashing them. It was just that Spindles was making everything. CJ got hot finally in the fourth quarter. Hit a couple of big ones. Uh, after sort of really struggling, going, oh, man, I used to have Dave Lillard as my number one option. I got to be the Robin to his Batman. Now everyone's, like, focused on me. And then Spindles Ingram's like, oh, yeah, that's good. I better go ham. And then he did, and they fucking ran away with it. And it's one of those things where you go, the Suns, their defense just sort of relaxed enough, and the Pelicans just hit everything. They went 17 of 31 from downtown. That is incredible. They shot 54% from the floor, the Pals. Incredible. The Suns, meanwhile, look, they got out-rebounded by 10. They had 12 turnovers. They went 13 of 35 from three. Booker was incredible. And that's the thing, right? Like 13 to 35 from three. Book hit seven of those in the first half from 11 attempts. So the rest of the team goes, what's that? Six of 24. Kobe. That'd win Kobe a uh, finals MVP, that one. But still, Jesus. Tough scenes there for the Suns. Booker, 31, leaves. Question marks around that. You never know with Devin Booker, though. I'll talk about that in a second. 17 points, 14 assists for Chris Paul. He shot five of 16 once everyone went, wait. It's only him. We can key on him, him. And they did. Two or six from downtown. 10, 9, and 4 from DeAndre Ayton. Uh, there was a great moment where they're like, oh, he loves that sort of turnaround jumper. Clank. <laughs> Mr. Badly. 19 and 6 for Michael Bridges. 11 for Cam Johnson, but he did go one of six on threes, though. And if he's not hitting them, and Crowder can't hit anything either. Like They combine to go one of 11 from downtown, Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder. That'll kill you. Shamwell with five quick points. Ten for JaVale. Just not enough, though, offensively for the Suns without Booker in that second half. And defensively as well. Like the breakdowns. It was a bit weird. But at the same time, sometimes you just got to chalk this down to like the Pelicans going, hang on a second. We're going to make everything. We've got Spindles Ingram, the closest sort of like poor man's Kevin Durant you can have. And he was incredible. Absolutely incredible. 37, 11, and 9. What a game against the one seed. He just went out and did that 37-11-9, played his ass off, and I kind of loved it. Like the second half that Spindles had, so as mentioned, what, 14 in the third quarter, and then backs it up with a fourth quarter where he's just like cruising around, cruising around, boom, drops another 12. Hit two of like two or two from downtown. CJ hit a couple from downtown. Jose Overrider hit his two from downtown as well, and they ran away with it. So cool. So cool. Jonas, he had 10 of 13. CJ McCollum struggled early. He was 4 of 13. Ends up 7 of 18 from the floor and 6 of 10 from downtown. As mentioned, hit a couple in the fourth quarter where it was massive. Ends up with 23 points. Uh, good game from CJ in the end once he finally found a bit of rhythm. Herb! Herb Jones had 14. Larry Nance Jr. 13 and 6. Jose Alvarado, I fucking love him. 8 points, 3 assists. 9 for Trey Murphy. Hit 3 of 5 from 3. And they overcame 17 turnovers. But god damn, the Pelicans. 
when they got hot, they're still a bit scary. Just imagine if they had the big fella himself. Anyway, the series is tied 1-1, going back to Louisiana. Love it! Right, let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Well, two easy ones today, Jimmy fucking Butler! Seriously, I love how like he went at Atlanta straight away. And it's like, look, motherfucker, you ain't about this. We've, you've made the Eastern Conference Finals. That was some bullshit last year. Whatever. You're not about this life. I am 45. Rips it off. Goes 15 to 25 from the floor. 4 of 7 from 3. 11 to 12 at the line. Fucking 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals. 45 for Jimmy Butler. What a performance. Though, down the stretch, just that takeover was incredible to watch. And it was really fun. Because you're like, Jimmy Butler's dunking. Rad. He's hitting threes. This is fun as hell. So that was great. And of course, like, Spindles Ingram. Like, what a takeover for him. What a massive second half. 26 in the second half. Ends up with 37, 11, and 9. Just misses out on the triple dub. But goddamn, shot the shit out of it too. 13 to 21 from the floor. 3 of 3 from downtown. 8 of 8 at the line. 11 boards, 9 assists, only 4 turnovers, plus minus of plus 18. Unreal. In a game that they were super close in all the time. That is huge. Jimmy Butler, Spindles Ingram. There's your NBA Australia pre-performances of the night. Who is Spud of the night, though? Spud, 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 Spot of the night. Uh, didn't look at Lenardi. Literally couldn't hit a shot. It's like it's it's like they're passing it around in Atlanta. Like Bogdan couldn't hit a shot last game. Trey Young only got one. <laughs> like holy shit. Gallo, 0 of six from the floor. 0 of four from downtown. Two points. Bam. Oh Jimmy, he had nine points. Yeah. In 24 minutes and in foul trouble, he looked so bad at times. It's like Jesus, bam, mate. Three or six from the floor, but just look way out of rhythm. Uh, Jaden McDaniels, 21 minutes. He goes for two points, one rebound, three blocks, two fouls, one of seven shooting and 0 of four from downtown. But then, as mentioned, Jay Crowder, two of 11. Jay, what are you doing, mate? 0 of five from downtown for him. Six rebounds, one assist, two turnovers. Absolutely brutal. Really fucked him up. Really fucked him up. Old mate, no mates. 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 I mentioned the Scott Foster and Chris Paul thing. Chris Paul's now lost 14 straight playoff games that Scott Foster has officiated. And it's like not egregious, but the dude's like just missing shots. And you're like, I feel like another refing crew might give Chris Paul a little bit more leeway on some of these shots that he's missing. There may have been actual 100% fucking fouls. <laughs> Poor Chris Paul. Definitely old mate, no mates. When Scott Foster goes, yes, I'm going to referee the shit out of this one. Uh, and speaking of refs, Trey Young. If the refs are going to let them be as physical as they are and not call fouls, it's going to be really hard to do anything anyways. Wind Trey Young. <laughs> have a fucking whinge. Oh, they just keep hitting me, sir. The big boys keep hitting me. Yeah, well, deal with it. Panting in the nights. I 
absolutely love this because this was a case of the rare double back and forth pantsing. That's right. Michael Bridges and Jackson Hayes went back and forth with blocks on each other. I loved it. So you got me in the fucking corridor, but I'm going to get you out in front of everybody. That. That. Oh, God, that were good. That were really good blocks, both of them. Go check it out. Bridges and Hayes, back and forth to the blocks. Absolutely loved it. That's some good pantsing. Finally, better than Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you don't get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Can I just say Jose Alvarado? I want to say, like, Ja Morant was awesome today. A fellow number two pick where you're like, well, yeah, he's been on one team as Ja. That's a franchise player right there. Lonzo. Not his fault that uh, the Lakers went, oh, we're going to throw him in the Anthony Davis trade. And then the Pelicans, for some reason, didn't fucking want him. Ends up in Chicago. Meanwhile, Jar's absolutely crushing it. But Jose Alvarado, I don't know if there's a player that I enjoy sort of just extraneously watching more than Jose. Eight points today, three assists, went perfect from the floor. Three or three from the floor, two or two from downtown. Uh, Chris Paul told him to fuck off with the uh, ha-ha, inbound steal. What are you doing? Got to keep an eye on crafty old Jose. Loved it. And when Chris Paul's showing you a bit of respect, guess what? You're better than Lonzo Ball. Jose Alvarado, fucking love him. Right, let's do some ENRs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. Let's do some ENRs there. Brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Go get your merch. Get your merch. People. Get your merch. Get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. You got to go do it. Do it at nbaaustralia.com slash shop or any of the pics on the socials. Click through. Boom. It'll take you to the shop as well. It's all nice and Shopified. Go check it out. Super easy. Super cheap. Go get a hoodie. Get a t-shirt. Off you go. I'll get it out to you ASAP. Right. Some ENRs. Number one. Is Jerry West having a bit of a sook? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Is it justified, though? Yeah, nah. Yeah. It's a justified sook to a degree. Like, I feel like he kind of left well enough alone for a bunch of this, and then it sort of got into the, he's gotten to the point where he's like, actually, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, we all know that he's an ornery sort of prick, but this is a bit over the top, and it was like one of the things where you're watching it going, They've kind of gone pretty fucking broad strokes, right? Like, I get that it's a dramatic reinterpretation of real-life events and whatever. But to sort of take a person, a real-life dude, who has a pretty well-fucking-documented life, like, he's the logo of the NBA... And turn him into a fucking unhinged psycho and like, I don't want to draft Magic Johnson. He's like, I never, what? <laughs> so I kind of, I kind of agree with him a little bit, but it, I mean, at the same time, we all understand that it's a bit of a story, but I mean, if you're listening to NBA Australia, you're a little bit interested in the NBA. Maybe you don't know too much about the Showtime Lakers. Maybe you're like, oh fuck, was he this bad? I mean, he was probably pretty bad. 
Was he that bad? Probably not. But I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar came out and said it best, right? Like, it's taking somebody's life and turning it into a caricature. Not actually making it a character study of their actual selves, right? And that's fucking weird. Like, just imagine someone's going, ah, oh, we're making a story about your life, Jimmy. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> I've done a lot of dumb stuff, but it's not very well documented because I'm not famous. I'm not the logo of a professional fucking, you know, sports league. But just think about if it was you. They're like, ah, we're going to make a story about your life, well, at least about your work and your role at your work. And we're going to make you look like an absolute fucking numbnuts. You'd be like, I mean, it's a bit unfair. (laughs) I might be a bit of a numbnuts, but Jesus. Anyway, so tough one for Jerry West. I don't know. I do love that Jason Clark is doing it. He's doing a great job too, but yeah, it's a bit much. Next one. Are the Pelicans back in this, Jimmy? Yeah, nah. I mean, yeah, they're back in it because it's 1-1 and they're going to New Orleans, but at the same time, we all know that it's only because Booker didn't play in the second half. You know? Like, Booker is obviously the steadier to this Suns team. And we have seen them play without him for a big chunk of this season anyway. But at the same time, like you take him out halfway through a fucking game, it spins everyone for a bit of a loop. He's central to so much of what they do. And as good as CB3 and Bridges and Aiton and everybody else, like a book of the Suns are a way more vulnerable team to a team like the Pals, right? Who can fucking shoot the lights out, as we saw today with everybody. Like that's the one thing the Pelicans can do real fucking well. It's like, oh, you need somebody to light it up? We can do that. The problem is the Pelicans doing it consistently and doing enough on defense to slow down the other team. And if you take away Booker from the Suns' offense, yeah, it's going to make it a bit tougher for them to keep up with a team like the Pels. So I think they're in it. But I do also think that the Suns have proven all the way through this year that, yeah, they can be uh, pretty fucking formidable even without Devin Booker. So I think they're still fine. Uh, Last one really quickly. I wanted to maybe do this one at some other point, but is... T-Mac off his fucking head, saying that Kyrie and Kevin Durant are more skilled than LeBron and D-Wade, D-Wade and Jordan and Pippen. Yeah, nah. Skill-wise, I mean, even D-Wade came out and said, I mean, it's a fair fucking thing. Pippen, Jordan, it's just the Jordan thing that gets me. I just can't compare anybody to him and say that this Player X is better than this dude because he's the best who ever did it. So, I don't know. T-Mac, it's a good point, but still, I'm not going to say Jordan and Pippen. <laughs> Just because if we see Kyrie play defense, it'll be for the first time. You know what I'm saying? Unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Uh, the Pelicans pushing the Suns to more than five games would be fucking awesome. Like, I don't know how unpopular this is, but give me way more of the Pelicans. They've been one of my favorite sort of teams to uh, watch pretty much after they sort of turned around to that horrible start. And then they add CJ at the, uh, you know, trade deadline after the All-Star break. They go on a run. They're fun as hell. Like, let's fucking go. I'm kind of excited. And the Suns, like, this is the thing. If you want to win the title, you're going to go through some adversity. That's how it goes, especially if you've got Chris Paul on your team. There's always going to be something. Either way, love it. Let's fucking go. This is way more entertaining than the sun stomping the pals. Finally, Outback Takehouse. 
It's Wednesday at Outback, and you know what that means? Oh yeah, on the way to daycare today, the squid and I managed to clip a possum. So I chucked her in the back, gave it a whack with the cricket bat, and then boom, over the fucking spit it goes. And we've got an Aussie-tizer, that's right, flame-grilled possum. Only at Outback, and it goes great as a flame-grilled take. And today's flame-grilled take is... This is exactly what the Pelicans were waiting for. Now they can unleash the Zion and win this series against the Suns. Only at Outback. I don't know, Zion's looking pretty big. (laughs) Have you seen the shots of him on the fucking... Like, far be from me, a fat bastard, to call another bloke a fat bastard, but Zion, what are you doing? (laughs) Come on, man. Uh, But yeah, the Pelicans, like, maybe just sort of underplaying the Zion thing. If I'm them and I smell a little bit of blood in the water, do you see how you go in game three or do you just go like tomorrow and go, fuck it, Zion, can you play game three? And he's like, yes, I've been telling you for weeks I can play. And they're like, let's fucking go. I'd love that. Absolutely love it. Uh, also, just uh, before we hit the Australian player watch, another flame grill take. If the Los Angeles Lakers, I've said this before, had Dante Exum at point guard this year, they'd have won the title. Only at Outback. I don't know, but I don't. I fucking retweeted out the amazing compilation of what he's been doing over there for Barcelona, and he's fucking sick. So I love it. All right, Australian player, watch it really quickly. Right after this, this is Chris Anstey, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, Australian player, watch. That's right. It's just Dante Exum today because no Patty Thrills, no Aussie Matty T, no Josh Green. Speaking of which, the fucking putting is like a million days between Boston and Brooklyn, game one and game two. What's the fucking go with that? We've had two days worth of game twos and neither of them have been Brooklyn and Boston. What are you doing? Fucking NBA. Anyway, uh, Australian Player Watch, no Paddy Thrills, no Aussie Matty T, no Josh Green today. But we did get a check-in of Dante Exum absolutely fucking yamming on Othello Hunter's head versus Bayern Munich. And uh, ripping off a 12.4.5, uh, 4 of 5 from the floor effort. 1 of 1 from downtown. 1 of 1 at the free throw line. 4 rebounds, 4 assists, and 2 steals. Dante! Kangaroo Kobe! Let's fucking go! Love it. Get this man back in the NBA ASA and fucking pee. Anyway. All right, let's do a great moment in NBA Australia stat history. As I mentioned, it's a good one because it's a... Uh, Fantastic moment where uh, it was Paddy Mills's very first playoff game. Great moments in NBA Australia stat history. All right, how's this? I believe 12 long years ago today, everybody's favorite Aussie dead set legend, Paddy Thrills, Paddy Mills, played in his first ever NBA playoff game and only his 11th actual NBA game, which is chaos. That is a hair-raising rocket ride if ever there, one, ever there was one, and one that befits a dead set Aussie legend who is about of the same stature of a combination of Ian Thorpe, Alicia Mollick, and Mark Tubby Taylor combined, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, suiting up and throwing the three-ball glasses on for the 2010 Portland Trailblazers as they went five games in the first round against the last gasp, Steve Nash and Mari Stoudemire. 
Yeah, that's right. The mongrel who ruined Andy Bogut's arm only a few months prior. And those Phoenix Suns, a rookie Paddy Thrills, played a 7-minute, 25-second stint that was more thrilling than the opening chase of Mad Max. And the first time I went on the lethal weapon up in the movie world on the Goldie back in 1997. Which is fucking thrilling. And so with the weight of a city on his shoulders, the Blazers down about 30. The Taurus straight terror came in and lit up the suns brighter than, well, the sun. For six points. That would be later described as transcendent, jaw-dropping, and better than the time I saw Daryl Braithwaite in Elwood. That's right. Patty Cakes went 2 of 4 from the floor, 1 of 1 from the charity stripe. Sure, he had a turnover, but you do get that on the big jobs. The thing is, Patty also nailed what was then the only third three-pointer of his entire fucking career. That is incredible. Since then, he is... The 47th all-time in NBA three-point makes with 1,447. That is absolutely unbelievable because you love to see it. That's a lot of triples. Absolutely amazing. Of all the players in all of NBA history, he's 47th. So, and, of course, only four years after this, Patty Cakes would lead the Spurs to the Larry O'Brien Trophy and forever be known as a dead-set legend who also punked Julian DeStoop uh, with Bangers Banes. Love that. So there you go. NBA champ this game with a legend of baller Pat, a.k.a. Patty Cakes, a.k.a. Patty Thrills, a.k.a. the Doris Strait Terror, a.k.a. Playoff Patty, a.k.a. Patty Patty with the good hair. Started on your Patty Thrills in your first ever playoff game. Only his 11th ever game. Amazing. Right. Let's do a Patty Mills game day, baller game day, Twitter check-in. Always a good one and always a great one because uh, Patty is always on the old uh, facey now with his uh, amazing work with, as I mentioned yesterday, the uh, Indigenous Basketball Association. So he's out there posting amazing stuff. Uh, a dream turned reality. The prestigious National Basketball Tournament has arrived and uh, then he's posted all the highlights from it. It's absolutely fucking legendary. Go check it out. And I also wanted to give a bit of shine to uh, our man Josh Giddy. Driving into Melbourne. He's like, hey, I'm home. Pretty neat. But all the great, great, great photos coming out from uh, his basketball camps over in Adelaide and stuff. It's fucking awesome. What an inspiration for the children. The Mop Top Mumba. Just out there doing it for the kids. you love to see it. Right, let's do some game previews for tomorrow. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, Inverton Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's the dog going? Oh, yeah, got to run off and uh, go see Josh Giddy, don't I? Should be a good night. Uh... The picks today, we went one of three somehow because uh, I thought I had actually picked uh, Memphis yesterday, but apparently I took Minnesota plus seven and a half. That seems weird. Anyway, uh, so there we go. One of three after we went three of three yesterday. So that leaves us at five of 14 so far, these playoffs. Not ideal, but the bounce back starts now. Tomorrow, three games. Brooklyn, Boston, Philly, Toronto, Chicago, Milwaukee. These all feel very tricky, but also very easy, you know? Because if you just ask me, Jimmy, straight up, based on what we've seen so far, who wins Boston-Brooklyn? I would say probably Boston. But Brooklyn are getting three and a half points, and what we saw in that first game, can they replicate in the second game? The question is, can Brooklyn Brooklyn's offense actually keep a pace with that Boston defense? 
I want to say yes, but I'm going to say no. I think Brooklyn can't quite get this one done in Boston. I'm taking Boston minus three and a half. I think their defense just swarms a little bit better on Brooklyn. Maybe KD gets going. I just don't know if Kyrie can back up that game. It was almost fucking perfect. It just sort of feels like they blew their best chance of getting a split in Boston. So I think the Celtics can win that one. So give me the Celtics minus three and a half. The same question applied to Philly-Toronto. I mean, what we've seen so far is Philly absolutely dominating. But do never... You should never, ever underestimate the ability of a Doc Rivers coach team to uh, completely, completely shit down their league. So I'm going to go the Raptors plus two and a half. I think they get a random big bounce back game. Talk about hearts of a champion. Fred Van Vliet, maybe Gary Terrence Trent Derby Jr. is feeling a little bit better after being sick as a dog. Maybe Scoob, Scotty Barnes is back. Probably not, but I think Toronto give us a little bit of something-something. And they're getting two and a half points at home. Philly are so, so, so good at the moment. They look so good. It's got to be the inevitable. Oh, we're Philly. And shit themselves. Without Matty T, I think Fred Van Vliet, the fighting Van Vliet, gets going a little bit. I think we get a little bit more from uh, Siakam. I think Toronto can win this one. Give me Toronto plus two and a half. And then finally, Chicago at Milwaukee. Look, Chicago were a bit disappointing in the first game. I think we can all admit that. (laughs) You know, that's how it goes sometimes. It's just the way the Bulls got demolished by that uh, Milwaukee team on Monday, but then managed to really sort of give them the clamps. They only lost by seven in the end. Was it 96-83? No, 93-86. There you go. Can the Bulls cover another nine and a half points? I'm going to say no. I think the Bucks are a little bit too good, and I think they toyed with their food a bit. Chicago made some adjustments in that game. I think the Bucks came out and kicked the shit out of them in game two. Uh, so give me the Bucks minus nine and a half. I think that's a belting. And there you go. And that's it for today. So we'll wrap up all three of those awesome games tomorrow. I cannot wait. They're great. Brooklyn, Boston alone. Unreal. Uh, so I'll give you the lowdown of what's going on, the Josh Giddy thing, and should be fun. That'll be our 800th episode tomorrow as well. That'll be fun. No special guest or anything, but yeah, it should be good. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Face EIG, all over the socials. Get her at NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. World Wrestling Australia with Adam. That's over on YouTube. Go check that out. Uh, FWCIE on Twitter as well. NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Chuck us a rating and review on your podcast app. Go on. Don't be one of those people who don't rate and review stuff. I don't have, like, you know, oodles of money or, like, some big corporation behind me. It's just me. <laughs> Help a brother out! Anyway, uh, Knowable. Download the Knowable app. Hang in the code straight. Get 20% off there. And big thanks always go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. They rule. Uh, big thanks to Joshua De Laurentiis as well. Fascinated. Goldmines, Ram Shackalami, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes that you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Trim J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, however you listen to your tunes. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. And that's it. Uh, no skit today because I've got to bounce to this uh, giddy, antsy night, which should be fucking awesome. So I'll give you the lowdown on that tomorrow and uh, talk to you then. So yeah, we'll catch you on Thursday. That's right, tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And later, Hussein!
know how much more this I can take.